Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Pastor Brian. Today we're talking about the age of the earth. In particular, the topic we're looking at is called Can You Calculate the Age of the Earth from Genesis Chapter 5? Interesting topic. Some of you are really going to get into this one. I got into it with my fighter pilot friends. So listen in. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so uh, I thought what we could do to start this topic is sort of reconstruct it as a group because I, I don't know for you guys but for me that some of this stuff was a little bit a little bit new I hadn't heard some of these arguments and I thought it was really interesting so let's as a group uh, let's reconstruct sort of the argument here um, we're looking at Genesis 5 what's what's the anyone want to kind of take a stab at what what's the summary statement what's kind of the big idea what's the answer to this question can you calculate the age of the earth from Genesis 5 Yes, no. Yes and no. Um, I'll go. Genesis 5, it kind of gives a genealogy from Adam to Noah, I think it was. And it's specific where it talks about, you know, the son of this person, the son of this person, and their lifespan as well. <clears throat> so um, some people have thought that if you go through there with a the fine tooth comb, you can kind of uh, add up all the names and add the, you know, the general, the lifespan of that individual and maybe take off a few years for childbearing ages, that kind of stuff, I would presume, and just kind of add it all together. Um, if you and go if we were to do that, if we were to do that sort of literally, what would, what would we come up with the, in terms of trying to figure out the age of the earth? I think it was like 4,000. Yeah. Yeah, so on my, on my screen, I know if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but on my screen, I'm scrolling through Genesis 5. So um, yeah, just add those numbers up. We get four, roughly 4,000 years. Okay, so anyone, anyone believe that the earth is 4,000 years old? Sir Isaac Newton estimated it that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, wasn't that 4,000 BC? So you'd have to add another 2,000, right? That's true. Yeah, thank you. That's a good point. So 6,000. Yeah, 4,000 BC. That's right. So, so yeah, so the age of the earth then would be 6,000 years. So who, who uh, I mean, let's just be honest here. Who, who th this is called young earth. Who believes in a young earth? How many of you, does anyone want to argue for the young earth side here? Alex, okay. so I'll, I'll do that. Um, from the young earth perspective, I mean, I don't necessarily know that 4,000 BC is the right answer plus 2,000 years for um, after Christ's birth, but yeah. somewhere in that regime, uh, less than a million years, way less than a million years is I guess what I'll define as young, young earth. Yeah, uh, that's true. But that's true. Uh, I, I think that, this brings into the bigger question that I actually like really want to talk about with you inside of this, which is how literally do I read the Bible and how, how do I figure out when to read it literally and when to read it figuratively? It's a little bit easier, I think, you know, like Proverbs mm -hmm. and later, but Proverbs mm -hmm. and, and pre, especially Genesis, it gets tricky when you start going down the slippery slope of like, nope, nope, that's figurative. I'm going to interpret that the way I want to do it. So 
Uh, yes, I am a young earther. I think we're somewhere on the order of 8,000 uh, years old for the world total. Yeah, and I guess to be fair, yeah, young earth isn't just 6,000. It's, it's anywhere from, what, 6,000 to, t I think they, what you would say like 10,000, eight or 10,000, right? And that's given the, what, what's the, somebody explain the idea of telescoping genealogies. I think that's for the, yeah. oh, go ahead, Joel. I think it was just where certain uh, generations were left out of the genealogy. So even though it says this person, this person, um, there's other parallel genealogies later in Genesis, mm -hmm. I think even in Luke, it kind of talked about some of the same people. And, and, and the word father, we would think of as one generation above my father is one above me but it could have it there's documentation where it could have been multiple generations like a grandfather a great-grandfather type yeah so the so the translation of father in some cases is really better translated ancestor right so the example from the video that pastor ross gave was matthew 1 8 jehoram was the father of uzziah but if you go into the Old Testament, Uzziah was actually his great-great-grandson. So, so that would be a good example of a telescoping genealogy. And, and then the argument is, and we, it's hard to know, you know, back if you're looking at Genesis 5, it's, it's hard to know if maybe some of those aren't telescoping, right? Any other comment yeah. on the, I, that idea? How, how does that strike you? Or even if you're talking to someone who's, well, we'll save that maybe for a little later in the conversation, somebody who's going to try to debate you on this. Let's save that juicy nugget for later. Well, Brian, I, I remember, uh, you know, so obviously I grew up in a church, a fairly strict church, especially when it came to the idea of believing in evolution or creation and, and young earth creation. And I was talking to a fighter pilot uh, at one point in a, um, in a bar at Hill. And uh, we started talking about this. And he sort of said, like, how can you believe in young earth? I just find that crazy. And this guy was, a, you know, I would consider a very uh, staunch Christian, like somebody that I looked up to. Mm. And, and so I think it's important to keep in mind that, like, even amongst Christians, there are huge disagreements about the, the young and old earth concept. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. That's a good point. And so, so you teed me up, Alex. Does anyone, does anyone, uh, does anyone want to argue old earth with Alex? Who wants, come on, somebody be bold here. Because Alex, you're right. There are, it, I think maybe it used to be that if you were an evangelical Christian, you were a young earth person. And, um, it's definitely not that way anymore. Like there are solid, very solid Bible believing Christians who are, are, don't, don't believe, don't believe in a young earth. Don't believe that the earth is 10,000 years old. They believe the earth is millions of years. You know, they would believe what scientists would say about it, what secular scientists would say about it. Can those people be Christians? 
Come on, Thud. You you got to argue for the <laughs> South, for the Deep South here. We know <clears throat> nobody needs to. We're using code names here. Nobody needs yeah. to know who you are. Your pastor won't hear this. Thud. That's okay. Yeah, actually, he will. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I used to be a old Earth kind of guy, but. I grew up with Ken Ham around here. I mean, he's mm. Dr. Dino, and uh, so his arguments make sense to me. I think that uh, the old earth is easy because we get so inundated with it. Mm. We were, we're taught that from the time where, you know, we can walk. You see it on kids' uh, cartoons, and it's just, mm. just fact. You know, it just becomes so mm. much reality, so overwhelming that it's, it's hard to believe in a young earth until you start adding up the numbers until you, and I agree with uh, Leroy by saying, I, I, I wouldn't say it's 6,000 years old. I wouldn't say it's 5,000 years old. I'd say it's less than a million. Definitely. It's nowhere close to the 7 billion because that's the only way they had to explain how we came into being. So for me, I'm a young earther. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. 5,000. I'd say somewhere 10 to maybe 20,000 mm -hmm. worst case. Mm -hmm. And I can see the telescoping, but uh, older to me does not, not make sense anymore. Okay. So then how would you argue that when, when you've got a, when you've got a buddy that's saying Christian or not, right? Like, come on, how could you believe in that? Everybody knows, like it's been debunked. Everybody knows what do you, what's your, what's your argument? What's your comeback? Well, the same argument, the same people are saying there is no God. So we go back to the definition of, do you believe in a God or not? And because the same people are saying that, oh, we've already proven there is no God through evolution. Mm. Their same argument for evolution is the same argument for old earth. So mm. you're either even a creationist and a creationism, we go back to, what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it may not be exactly 4,000, 6,000, 10,000, but it doesn't, it's not billions of years because mm. in that case, I think we're given the, we're conceding the evolution is the way when obviously it's not. So you get back to the same thing. We go back to the, you know, your creationism, the God and the God of the Bible, or are you an evolutionary uh, that says that, hey, we were created through evolution through billions of years. And there's a lot of Christians that believe that. They say that they try to, um, I don't know how you say it. Um, try to rationalize science with their faith at the same time. Mm. Okay. So can that, is that person a Christian? I would say it, well, it depends on their salvation. So, I mean, it goes back to, um, are we splitting hairs over, mm. over the, the big picture of how the earth came into, or are we splitting hairs over salvation? I think we take care of the salvation first. And then we just go back and work backwards from salvation. <clears throat> but yes, they could be. Well, the reason I asked that is because you said you, you connect, you may draw this out. You connected the, ev the belief in evolution with secular ideology. Right. So, so is it, <clears throat> is are they one and the same are they a, is there an equivalence there or can somebody can somebody you know like you said they're being fed this stuff since they're a little kid and they just 
okay, they just believe it. So, but then they come to church or they meet something, they meet one of you guys and they come to faith in Christ. Do, and they, you know, I would hope you're not bringing evolution up as the, as you know, because Peter never did, Paul never did, right? Yeah. Jesus never did. Yeah. So it's true that that's not a, that's not a saving faith issue, clearly. But how quickly do you bring it up? I think, I think it, it depends on the maturity of the Christian. It depends mm -hmm. on where they are in their walk. Uh, it depends on how, how many questions they're asking. A mm. uh, classic example was we have a small group in which we have um, two brand new believers, one as of today and one as of about two weeks ago. But we also have a more mature uh, Christians that are asking harder questions. So I can't get into deep, meaty subjects like we are tonight with our brand new believers. Right. So maybe some of the older believers are getting it more you know, deep into the Bible. Mm -hmm. so, it, so, it, so it depends. Depends on their walk. Depends so on what, the if, what, if it, what if you bring that up to somebody and it creates a crisis of faith in them and they say, I don't, I don't think I can believe that. I don't think I can believe, I don't think I believe that. I, is it, is it like a, as the discipler, right? Are you like, uh Oh, Guys, we got a live one here. We, you know, we might, we might have a false conversion here, everybody. We, you know, send out the prayer chain and get everybody, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Is that like, how central is it to somebody's, I wouldn't say, I don't know if salvation's the right I'll, word. I'll jump in here to save you. You've been yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, Brian, I, I don't have a, I, I'm, this is, to me, this is one of the, I mean, I know it's important. I'm not trying to trivialize it mm -hmm. at all. And I, and it's largely because mm -hmm. I know very little about either uh, argument, either side, you know, young earth or old earth. I mean, I'm definitely, you know, creationism. Is, is my belief but then I think it's one of those non-essentials that it's not worth arguing about with uh, amongst believers now uh, again I think to to be able to sort of as a, as a varsity level type study to to look at both arguments um, closely and kind of know the pros and the cons of each and be able to articulate those arguments which I can't do by the way and uh <laughs> You know, I, I just don't think so. In your in your example, if you know, if someone said I can't believe that, I'd say, well, hey, that's okay. You know what? We're not we're not on this side of heaven. We're not meant to have all the answers, and and certainly, you know, we're not going to know definitively one way or the other mm -hmm. the answer to this question. In, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But is it a heart? Is it a heart issue? It you know is it? Uh, this is why. And again, I'm. I'm not saying there's necessarily a right or wrong. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit so that we can dig deeper into this. Like, what do we really, you know, last time we talked about eschatology and we talked about all of these views, all these options, you know, post-millennial, amillennial, pre-millennial, and then, you know, post-trib, mid-trib, you know, pre-trib. And I think we all pretty much agreed like, yeah, you know, these are, there's a lot of details here and you got to kind of dig into the scripture. And that was a fun conversation. But at the end of the day, we all walk away and say, Hey, 
listen, wherever you stand on this thing, you know, at least if you're pre pre-millennial, now maybe you wouldn't all say that, but yeah. wherever you stand on this thing, you're, you're a legit Christian. Like I could fellowship with you, right? Mm-hmm. I could go to your Bible study and you could even lead it and I would respect you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is that, is this one of those situations or is this a different level? Is this a different, is this in a different class or is it similar? In, in Pinto's view, it's similar, but mm-hmm. you may disagree. I don't know. Chill, what'd you say? You I said same. I mean, I'm not, at least for me, I'm not um, questioning creation. It's just, we're just kind of figuring out like, when? When did this mm-hmm. happen? Mm-hmm. You know, not did it happen. Right. We all are in agreement that this is from a creator. Okay, hold on, Thud. You wanna do you wanna you wanna take issue with that statement that Chill just made? Because again, I mean, we are recording this, so I could rewind the tape and go back yeah. to what you said, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That it is it is is a someone who believes in old Earth. Is that person? Can that person still be a creationist? Because I, I know what Ken Ham would say. I know what Ken Ham would say too. Okay, so um, let's just say that. What would Ken Ham say? Let's. He put would this say on. no. He would say no. He wants to get into a literal interpretation of the Bible that every word is exact. Um, that's right. That's what he wants to get into. Um, and, and, and which comes back to Alex's question, right? Because Alex yep. is saying, right? That Alex, I think you su- you properly summarized the kind of the heart of the issue from some people's perspective. And that is, this is, a, this is an interpretation issue. This is a more fundamental issue. I think even Kem Ham would, Ham would say this, because his ministry is, isn't it called like creation research or something like that? Something like that, yeah. It's, it's not called eschatology and creation research. <laughs> yeah, I right? don't know this gentleman, but I mean, <laughs> does he do that same thing with, with every book in the Bible and every topic in the Bible? Again, I don't mean to pick on Ken Ham. Uh, we will see Ken Ham in heaven. I know that we will. I'm yeah. certain that we will. Yeah, so is every other verse in the Bible literal? I mean, I've heard the descriptive and prescriptive kind of. Yep, yep. I think, you're, I think the answer is yes, Chill, according to Ken Ham. I, he's, very, he's very dogmatic about, yep. at least, you know, he focuses on Genesis in particular, but does he focus uh, on very, very literal about Genesis. And then his argument, I think, is, and it's been a while since I've listened to him, but, you know, if, if, you, if you don't take it literally in Genesis, then that calls into question mm-hmm. everything else in the Bible type thing. So, yeah. So. And, and, again, I don't mean to speak, I don't actually listen to him a lot, but some, some people would say, and it calls into question your very salvation. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Brian, I was, you know, talking to this guy who, um, you know, I respected as a Christian, he, all this kind of stuff. And he was the one who thought I was crazy for believing in, in young earth. And I finally just went like, okay, dude, so how do you figure out when you read the Bible literally versus figuratively? And that is something that, you know, he couldn't answer and I can't tell him you know, definitively how I do it either, but I do fall on the side of reading it literally because I'm not smart enough to figure out when to read it figuratively. And that becomes a very slippery 
slope, you know, like at what point do I say, well, like, Hey, when he's talking about homosexuals, like, that's just, that's just kind of old stuff. Like that's mm -hmm. just figurative. Or when he's talking about, um, you know, adultery, like, well, that was Jewish culture back in the day. It's not that big of a deal now. Mm. Um, so I, I don't have the right answer, but I know that reading the entire Bi Bible and not sticking to some kind of this must be the inspired word of God. And that's the, that's where I think this is a bigger issue than other like eschatology, for instance, because the whole foundation at some point you got to convince a believer that the Bible is the inspired word of God. That it's not just these separate authors. It has to be from him. And so now if it's from him, but then you're deciding and picking and choosing what parts of it you want to listen to, how do you ever come up with it as being an authoritative document for your salvation? Man, is it a slippery slope, I think. It is. It's a, I agree that it's a slippery slope. I actually don't think that the creation debate, my personal opinion, I don't think the creation debate is as slippery a slope as the ones you just mentioned, you know, divorce or, or, or your sexual preference. I think in my mind, I think those are actually harder. Those are slippery, slippery. Those are, those slopes are far more slippery in my view than the creation thing, because the creation account Genesis one, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have any manual for how to read it. Right. We don't know, for example, what a day is. We don't, we don't know what a day is when, you know, when, when scripture uses that. We don't know what, you know, verse two, in the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. What, what does that mean? And so as you dig into the different options for viewing this, the solid biblical Christians, the, Christian theologians would, who still believe that they should take the Bible literally would interpret this different than Ken, differently than Ken Ham. And they, and they don't, and they're not trying to be wishy-washy about it. They just don't, they, they believe that his kind of dogmatic literal interpretation is different than their literal interpretation. And so Again, I'm not, we're not going to dive into the depths of this conversation, but I, I think it's good to be asking these questions and, and kind of getting to the bigger thing. Because today's topic, can you calculate the age of the earth? If you didn't notice, the assumption was we're, we're kind of talking about young earth. We're splitting, we're kind of splitting hairs on 6,000 years or 10,000 years, right? But the assumption clearly in that particular piece was the earth is either 6,000 or somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 years old if you use telescoping genealogies. But there's a whole different group of Christians who would say, I actually am a creationist. I believe God created the heavens and the earth. I believe in Genesis chapter one. I would preach Genesis chapter one. The earth was formless and empty and, and uh, darkness covered the deep waters. But they might, again, there are different options here. But for example, they might say, I don't believe that this is a literal 24-hour day. And some people, some Christians, 
would be dogmatic about it and get in arguments with other flavored Christians and make it this huge debate between two people who believe Jesus is the Messiah and died for our sins. And they're going to, they're going to go tooth and nail against each other and, and almost wonder if the other person's going to even be in heaven someday. <laughs> and to me, so Pinto, I'm with you. That's where I get, I personally get a little frustrated when people get so dogmatic that they kind of they kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. They kind of miss the whole point, I think, because they want to just dive in. In fact, Jesus talks about that. He says you to the Pharisees, he said, You guys, you guys dive into the scriptures and you study the scriptures and you don't even know how to love somebody. Right. Like you you it's right there in front of your face, and you don't even know, you know, when they said what's the greatest commandment in all the law, they were expecting him to give one of the 10 commandments and he gives them the preamble to the 10 commandments. He said, the greatest one is love the Lord your God with all your heart. Well, that's not one of the 10 commandments. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's not one of the 10 commandments. And so he blew their minds by, by giving them the framing principle of the commandments. And, and, and I feel like sometimes we get in the weeds and it doesn't mean we shouldn't study these things. Don't misunderstand. But I think we can get in the weeds and kind of miss the whole point, right? And not even love our brother. Because Ken Ham is my brother. Even though I might disagree with his perspective on some of this, he's still my brother in the faith and I should love him. And he should love me if we don't, even if we don't see eye to eye on the age of the earth or on any of these other theological, doctrinal, debatable topics. Sorry, I just had Well to... said, well said. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been kind of the consensus after each one of these topics that you know, mm -hmm. we've met Sunday after Sunday. <laughs> started this as an apologetics type course, some of those topics. And I feel like at the end of each one, we've kind of said the same summary. I mean, after, after eschatology, how many mm -hmm. four or five of us online and each one of us gave a different answer yeah that's true that was our, that was beautiful unexpectedly beautiful here we are still coming back talking to each other and throwing throwing things around so brian yeah. is there any um content on this site about old earth creationism um, you know, if there isn't, we'll make sure to put something on there. We've got a new one coming out. I just did a sketch this week. It's coming out in a couple of weeks um, called the four, what is it called? The four non-negotiables of creationism. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's adapted from the, from the Wayne Grudem systematic theology, where he talks about four things, wherever you land on this topic, old earth, young earth, there's four things that everyone still agrees to wherever you stand on it. Um, so, for example, one, <laughs> one of those things is that God created, created everything out of nothing. So, on both sides of the debate, God created everything out of nothing. So, whether you're old earth or young earth, you believe God created everything out of nothing. So, in other words, matter is finite. Matter is not infinite. And science, science agrees with this, Right. You know, the Big Bang Theory, again, this is where I would, I guess I would ask you, Thud, how, <laughs> uh, uh, does the big, is the Big Bang Theory, which I don't particularly believe in, but if, is, is it 
does it go against God's word? Well, it doesn't necessarily go against God's word because it, it, it leaves room clearly for a creator. Agreed. hundred percent. Yep. And God's word said that God's word says that, um, that the earth was formless and empty, that it was that. And so in other words, God created out of nothing. He didn't use anything. He didn't use preexisting matter. He'd spoke and the world was, the world existed. The question is just, was it 10,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, or billions of years ago, right? <clears throat> so that's one example. Another example is that God created the spiritual realm also, not just the physical realm. Uh, another, I, won't, I don't want to give them all away, but another one is that God, <laughs> God created human beings um, specially. So there's something special about human beings. And that there's implications to that, right? Because human beings are the only ones who were created in the image of God. So these are theological points to me that are more valuable <clears throat> personally than being dogmatic about the age of the earth because I can agree with everyone on there's something special about human beings. We were created in the image of God. And this, from this, we, we see the commandments about do not kill, right? Because there's something special. God doesn't. God didn't actually say that about animals. He didn't say we can't take the life of an animal and have food. He said we can't take the life of another human being. So, so Brian, let me ask you this. So Genesis, I, I struggle with the Old Testament just in general. Um, but Genesis is where most non-believers are going to start because they they know the creation. They've had they've They've heard about Adam and Eve. They've, mm. they've heard about Noah. And then you have a Hollywood production out there that was not quite biblical. Yeah, that was pretty so, bad. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you talk to someone about Genesis in the Old Testament? Because mm -hmm. it is so very tough. You know, the, the sons of God and the, the other very cryptic words that are in here um, – it's, it's so much harder for me to read the Old Testament, especially the first couple of books, yep. versus even Revelations. Yep. I just do what, I, what, what my calculus teacher did my senior year of high school. She taught me what to do. She was a first-year teacher, and um, in, in, our, in our calculus class my senior year, she admitted she was the dumbest person in the room <laughs> and she was our teacher, but she just got out of college. It was her first year teaching. <clears throat> She's in this honors class, all these super smart kids. And the first thing she said was, you, you guys are probably all smarter than me, but I promise you this. If I don't know the answer to something, I'll admit it and we'll try to find it together. And I can't tell you how, how liberating that was for our class. And I learned, I learned way more math in that class than I would have learned from an, from an arrogant know-it-all calc teacher who spoke over all of our heads. And we would, we would go in after class. If she didn't understand the lesson well enough to teach it, we would go in after class and we would... We would help her under, we would all under, we would all learn it together, right? We would, we'd be like, well, hold on, let's try it. I mean, it was almost like a, 
graduate class where we're, where we're studying for a test together, but she was the teacher. And I think that's the best approach is, you know, when somebody says, what about the Nephilim? Just be like, dude, I don't know. Let's see if we can find something on that on pursuegod.org. What about creation? You know what? I've got my ideas, but I don't, let's, let's go shoulder to shoulder on that one too. What about Calvinism? Yeah, gee, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, don't you think that that's so much more like how Jesus would approach it? Definitely. Yeah. So that's what I do. I don't, even as a pastor, I'll just be like, dude, I don't know. I mean, and even on this topic, I'll admit it. I don't, I don't know. You know, I clearly was raised to be young earth, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I do not at all think that old earth. Now somebody might be able to debate this with me and maybe I just need to learn a little bit more, but I do not think that old earth at all negates Christianity or means that that person doesn't believe in the Bible or doesn't believe in creation. Now, if you say there's no God, that's different. But I don't think that we can necessarily claim that if you believe that in the, in the, even in the Big Bang, that that means you believe there is no God. I don't think those two things are equivalent. In my mind, those two things aren't equivalent like maybe we used to think that they were 30 years ago. But that's my perspective. Someone else might, you know, Ken Ham might convince me if I gave him a couple of weeks to convince me, you know. Pinto, there was something there. I went to pursue God under the... Uh search by topic and under creation there's several more than the two that were on the email oh, okay good yeah i'll take a look one of them was what happened to the dinosaurs which was- that's a great question yeah you know and, and i know again i almost said that earlier but ken ham's got an answer for that too that's the thing he mm-hmm. you know he's he's got some counterpoint for and i don't know you know he may be 100 percent right but He's, he's very, uh, he doesn't, you know, he, he just shoots down any suggestion that the earth is anything but a young earth. And I, and I can't remember his, his answer about dinosaurs, but it's something like, you know, they were on another part of the earth with that. I, I don't even, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I don't know what, mm-hmm. I don't know what he says about it. I don't, I don't want a kid if this is being recorded and listened to you later on. <laughs> but um, it can be a little sacrilegious Pinto. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but he does, you know, he does address that, Jill, and uh, and I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, I'll go back and look at that article. But so, but here's my question: Like, okay, so if somebody if if somebody is seeking and they're interested in Jesus, and this is what you take a stand on, mm-hmm. and then that then they don't want to become a Christian. Like, what do you, what do you think Jesus is going to say to us when we stand before him? You know, well, I, I faithfully defended the dinosaur question, and Jesus is like, who the hell cares? Who the right. heck cares? I think this this kind of a conversation is is important, and it's good amongst believers. But yeah, if I've got somebody that I'm I'm, you know, trying to share the gospel with, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I am not gonna get hung up on this. I'm gonna quickly move past this. It just like you said, Brian. I'm gonna admit that I don't know because I I don't. Yeah. And uh, and and point out the fact that none of it contradicts the fact that there can be a creator and that there is a creator mm-hmm. whether it's you know old earth young earth whatever um and i'm, and I'm going to focus on i'm going to focus on the cross and just not get bogged down with all this yeah i just wonder what peter how peter would engage in this conversation he could hardly read mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean 
would he be like, what, what are you got? Like, why are you making this a focus of your ministry? I don't understand. What if people, why are you not just telling people about Jesus? What if people aren't making it a focus, Brian? And they're just kind of, I mean, so I'm interested in this. I, I sent it as a topic to Leroy when he was asking for suggestions and it was one of them. Yep. No. Yeah. That I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about, there are Christians there are Christians out there that make this a, what I would call a die for issue. You know, that they would die for this issue. Like this is so central to their faith. And, and again, what I'm saying, chill is what, what, then what can, what can happen is when we're, when we're trying to share Jesus with people, we're sharing Jesus plus, plus our view on creation, plus our view on eschatology, plus our view on Calvinism, plus our view on you name, you fill in the blanks, whatever your, whatever your other add-ons are that are in your mind are non-negotiable. I don't have any problem with somebody saying, you know, and this is, I think the heart we're all coming to this with is I want to understand this. Like, I really want to understand the different sides here. I want to understand what the issues are. I want to understand what telescoping is. Like, I want to understand, I want to grow, I want to learn so that I can be better at sharing my faith if that comes up as an objection. To me, that's different than the person that is saying, hey, I want to, I want to disciple you and, and I'm going to tell you about Jesus plus blah, 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 blah. And, and if, you don't, if you don't buy into these other things, and, and I know people who do this, then mm, I don't know. I don't know if this person's a Christian. Well, why is that? Well, because... Well, they're they're a young Earth person. <gasps> that's what I'm saying. Is to me, that's where I feel like it kind of goes overboard, and now we're we're majoring on the minors. I think it's good for every Christian to dig into this. I want my kids to dig into this. I want them to hear this podcast. I want them to read God's Word, but I do not want them to walk away from Jesus based on this topic. And I don't want to keep someone from Jesus based on this topic. That's what I mean. So Brian, do you think, so I, you know, I agree. I'm leading somebody to Christ. This is not the thing, but eventually some, you know, like there's these paramount questions that mm -hmm. as you study, you start to go like, crap, I need to have an answer to them. Right. One of them for me that I struggle with a ton is like, why did God have to make humans? Like, what, 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 why was this such a big deal to you? Maybe we can talk about that one later. But then the other one is like, how do I read the Bible? And so when Jesus says, hey, this is the parable of whatever, the blind man, I'm like, cool, it's a parable. It's a story. But if he doesn't say it's the parable, yeah. then I read that as like, this happened. And I performed this miracle and I did it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like if Genesis is figurative, well, then was David just a story? The guy who's the God or the man after God's own heart that's held up as, you know, sort of the best example of mm -hmm. faith. Was that just a story? Was that just made up? I mean, obviously David, you can find in other historical documents, but his heart, what he did, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, at some point, somebody's going to go, how much do I believe the Bible as they mature in the faith? And maybe they're a little bit more on the up and up and that happens quickly or maybe it takes a few years to get to it but at some point they go crap <laughs> i better decide how much i really listen to this piece of text 
And Al yeah, Alex, again, I'm not suggesting, by the way, that, and maybe this is, maybe this is for another conversation, that, that being an old earth, an old earth creationist means that you believe Genesis is figurative or that Genesis one through three are figurative or even one through 11 are figurative. Not at all. Old earth creationists won't, they, their argument, it, now there, I'm sure there are some people who say the Bible's figurative and now probably those are people that we wouldn't, I would guess we wouldn't really worship with because it's just so wishy-washy and, and they can, like you said, then it's just a slippery slope. An old earth creationist, and again, you can study up on this, an old, old earth creationist wouldn't say, oh, this is all just figurative. They would say, no, day means, here's what day might mean right? Or here's what, here's, there's a, there's something called the gap theory, just as examples, where they say there's this gap. So you can study up on all those different options out there. It's, it's not unlike the options for eschatology and the, in the end times. This is the beginning. This is the other side of that spectrum. This is the beginning times. This is how, we don't know how the earth, we don't know how everything will end. And we don't really know how everything began. Like we, we've got clues in this, right? But we also have clues in science. And I don't believe that science and, and faith and science in Genesis 1 are in contradiction at all. I don't believe they're in contradiction at all. I think it's incumbent upon us to understand what this means, that the earth was formless and empty, to understand what it means that God called the light day and the darkness night, to understand when it, when, what it means the first day. So I'm not saying it's, I think it would be, it's a different thing to say, oh, that's all just, if I don't like it, it's figurative. That's not at all what I'm arguing for. Um, although I think there are some people who would call themselves Christians who take that approach to scripture. I don't agree with those people. I read the Bible very literally, um, but I don't, I do not read the Bible dogmatically. Sure. No, that, that makes more sense to me, okay. you know, but. So can you just like, can you defining what the, what the meaning of the word is, is <laughs> just, just joking. So, uh, so Brian, to kind of pile onto your, uh, you, you know, the Bible and science are not contradictory ch to each other. There was a special, uh, there was a show I watched it probably, it's probably been a year ago called, um, is Genesis history. Mm. Um, it's an hour, hour and a half. Um, uh, I think I saw it on Netflix, um, but it goes through kind of all these main points that people make, you know, well, there's mountains and there's layers, you know, and it, this took, you know, millions of years, each layer and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And then, uh, and it, and it kind of goes through each one of those um, main arguments against uh, new earth uh, and kind of throws down some, uh, some other science that, that may actually support new earth. Um, I think it's worth a, I think it's worth a watch. Um, certainly would help to counter some of the smart guys out there who go, you know, well, there's fossils and how do you explain that? Um, yep. And uh, so that may be worth reading. Actually, I think it just popped up as a, as a group on Facebook. I haven't spent much time looking at it yet called uh, is Genesis history. Same name. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I, again, I think that, I think there's a difference in studying something to be, to be proved right and studying something because you love people and you want to help people know Jesus. That's why I study. That's why I dig into this stuff is because I know for some people, science is a barrier for them 
or, re, or what, what they would consider reason as a barrier to them. And so I want to be helpful to them to re help remove any barriers. We talked about this a few weeks ago about how conversion works. I can only do my part. The Holy Spirit's going to have to do his part. And then they're going to have to soften their heart to have a tender, responsive heart to respond in faith to the gospel. But I'm not asking them to respond in faith to creationism. I'm not asking them to respond in faith to my view of eschatology, right? So if, if there's something, that's where creationism might be at more of a hurdle because some people might be like, I really believe in evolution. So does that mean I, so I have always assumed that that means I can't be a Christian. And I, I would just hope that you wouldn't answer. Yep. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. That's kind of a, that's kind of a deal breaker for Jesus. Like, he can't save you unless you believe in 6,000 year old earth. Like that to me, that is just ignorant to say to, I think my opinion to me, that's ignorant. And I can't imagine standing before Jesus and him giving me a pat on the back for that. Like, thank you for keeping that guy out. Do you, do you see where, what I'm arguing for? There's a great topic in the, in the library called Four Views on Religion and Science. I sat down in the studio with Corey Miller. He's the president of Ratio Christi. This is that apologetics ministry on college campuses. And I'll just real quick show you the key points because the, 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 the topic is called Four Views on Religion and Science. And this is kind of speaks to what I was saying, Alex. He says, here are the four views. View number one is if there's a conflict between science and religion, right? So like the evolution debate. View number one is then scientific statements trump religious statements. So that's kind of a secular, a secular perspective. View number two is if there's conflict, then religious statements trump scientific statements. That's kind of like a dogmatic, legalistic Christian view. View number three is, well, they, they can't conflict each other because they're entirely separate domains of inquiry. Religion has nothing to do with science. Science has nothing to do with religion. You can watch this video for yourself, but his point is view number four is the one that he believes is the best view for Christians. And it's that religious statements and scientific statements may appear to conflict, but don't really conflict at the level of the facts when properly understood. And this right here is kind of the basis of Christian apologetics is we, we don't approach, we don't approach scripture with this like, this is what I grew up learning. And so this is just, it is just what it is. And then we're, we stick our heads in the sand when any, whenever, whenever anybody comes to us with a scientific evidence that would potentially threaten what we believe is true. What we, the way we approach it, I think this is a healthy way to approach it is it seems like they're in contradiction, but I'm going to dig into it because I know that, I know that God's word is true. It, so if, it, I, if I can't understand what's going on here, I'm going to dig into it. And with other godly men and women, we're going to dig into it. And we're going to see if we can somehow understand how this, this thing that appears to be true scientifically. Now, sometimes the thing that appears to be true isn't really true. And there are many examples of that in history. And I would say that that, um, that show uh, that I just referenced a second ago was, was more to the view number four, where you go, hey, this is what yep. science has told us in the past. But, you know, isn't it possible that uh, that we misunderstand it in this way, which would, which would not uh, contradict the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's a good approach. And some Christians think that that's selling out. 
and and that's fine. I mean, that you know, we can do, agree to disagree on that, but I think that's, I think that's a very Christ-like approach to it. I know that the the arrogant know-it-all approach doesn't get doesn't change any any seekers' minds. So, anyone, any of you guys on this call or anyone listening to the podcast, I just beg you represent Jesus when you're talking with people, and and be careful about what what you that be careful about the hills that you're willing to die on and and make sure that you don't die on hills that jesus didn't die on and jesus didn't die on this hill now again you could say well in his culture it wasn't it wasn't a debate well that's true that's true but jesus jesus kept things really simple you know and, and his followers kept things really simple. Go read the book of Acts. Pour over every sermon in the book of Acts. And you aren't going to find sermons on creation, on eschatology, on Calvinism, on any of our little favorite. Again, it's not, I'm not trying to make fun. I love actually having these conversations because I think it's good to dig in and see what God's word. I think it's good to let our, let our faith go deeper as it goes wider. I'm all for that. I love it. I really do. I just want to make sure on the other side of it, we keep it all in perspective. Last thoughts on the topic? Good stuff. Listen, if any of you thought I was yelling at anybody in this, in this podcast, <laughs> I was you. not. I thought you were yelling at him. I was yelling yeah. at I'm so offended right now. I think I'll never be on here again. No. You're talking to fighter pilots here. We right. hear how we talk to each other. Yeah, I think it's a good topic. And I think it's good to keep digging into topics like this and challenge. I mean, for me, I learned a lot of new stuff just on this topic. Just, you know, listening to Pastor Ross and what he had to say about it, it was good. And it's good. It's good to understand that stuff. But I think we always have to keep it in context of the big, big picture. Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That that is what, that's what it's all about, even when it comes to debating topics like this. What I think is great about these, though, is that, you know, I'm going to get off and go, go do some research and and dig Mm -hmm. into the word more to, you know, to Genesis more and kind of, you know, take it apart a little bit. And, uh, you know, it just kind of sets a fire to, to go learn more, so... Yeah, keep digging into God's word, man. You'll never go wrong when you do that.